controversy and great interest exists regarding cardiovascular and cerebrovascular risk and its relationship to sleep duration. I'm Carmen Leif Jenkins, Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke, and I spoke to Dr. Jing Wei Lee from the George Institute for Global Health about the study accepted in IGS this month, the secondary analysis of the International Multicenter Sleep Apnea Cardiovascular Endpoints Trial, otherwise known as the SAVE trial. I'm Dr. Jing Wei Li, a cardiologist of People's Liberation Army General Hospital in Beijing, China. Also, I'm a visiting fellow at George Institute during the past two years, where I studied the same sleep duration study. How does sleep duration and sleep apnea potentially influence cardiovascular risk? Yeah, humans spend about one third of our lives asleep, and sleep is viewed as an essential part of balanced existence. Sleep duration is associated with sympathetic activity and physiological natural blood pressure dipping during night, which will influence sympathetic activation and blood pressure during the following day. Also, sleep duration is associated with endothelial dysfunction. This has been proven in, to exist in humans. Circulating, circulating biomarkers such as C-reactive protein interleukin-17 has been shown to increase after short sleep. They are inflammatory and oxidative stress biomarkers. We think sleep duration affect cardiovascular risk through multiple pathways. Now, say sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is accompanied by intermittent hypoxia and sleep fragmentation. This repeated hypoxia and reperfusion make it result in production of free radical, which in turn cause inflammatory and then endothelial damage which may finally cause atherosclerosis, thus cardiovascular diseases. So why is it controversial to suggest that there's a possible link between cardiovascular risk and sleep duration? What, what does the evidence suggest there? Yes, a recent study involving more than 100,000 adults around the world showed a J-shaped relationship of sleep duration and serious cardiovascular events and death. Sobting an earlier systematic review, which included about 500,000 patients, that concluded that both short and long-term sleep duration predicts cardiovascular events. But when you look at each studies, there are some differences. For example, the previous mentioned study including 100,000 adults compared with sleep six to eight hours per day. Those who slept less than six hours per day had a long significant trend for increase of the composite outcome whose result is similar to our study. That's really interesting. In terms of the evidence, though, with the um, duration, so but what was the controversy? I didn't quite get that. Yeah, it's controversial is that uh, some, some studies show that there's a, most of studies show that there's a relation be, be, both, between both short and long terms, uh, long sleep duration with cardiovascular means. Uh. But in certain population, this may not uh, appear. So as we are uh, obstructed sleep appear patients with pre-existing cardiovascular events. So this population is not studied in previous studies. So we studied this relationship in our study population. Okay. So let's go into some of the nitty gritty then. So what is an oximetry derived sleep duration? That's a term I'd never heard before. Yeah, this is how our sleep duration was measured. This is a new measurement, I think. It is an important limitation of prior studies with use of self-reported sleep profile. 
usually by question they are, they are ask uh, the patient's questions, which only correlates moderately well with objective uh, objective measures and is prone to recall bias. Uh, we use a um, device called Uplear Link. It is capable of recording five channels of information with very effort, pulse, oxygen saturation, nasal flow, and snoring. Okay. So we use this device to measure Uplear hypoxia index, oxygen desaturation index. Okay, so it's a measurement tool, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's a special measure for sleep duration in our study. Uh, a previous limit important limitation of previous studies the use of cell reported sleep profile. They usually ask questions, which only correlates moderately well with objective measurement and is prone to recall bias. Uplear link is a device that is used to measure uh, the oxygen saturation, nasal flow, respiratory effort, and so on. We use this device to also could record the oxygen saturation. It also has the time to estimate from how long it's recording the oximetry, where it excludes periods of loss of signal and the artifacts of raw recording. Also, our participants were instructed not to deviate from their ULC habits and to start the recording when the lights was switched off with a, and uh, determinate when the recording after their final wake up or lights on. Uh, we also have a pilot safe study that's in which uh, fully Thermography device, duration and uh, sleep duration by questionnaire is available for all participants. Uh, we compare sleep duration between these different methods. Our results show that sleep duration based on near link oximetry recording time is significantly record correlated with sleep duration based on polysomography sleeping time, much better than sleep duration based on questionnaire. Okay, great. So, um, so it's really not um, necessarily a tool per se. It's not necessarily a tool per se. It's a device. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's and very interesting. And you were saying, it. oh, sorry. And you were saying it's a new device as well. That it's, it's so it's just newly begin to be used in sleep in this sort of sleep testing setting. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and we validated using a, like the gold standard of how sleep duration was measured. It's quite highly correlated. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we, I was hoping that you give us a bit of a summary of the SAVE trial. Yeah, it's the SAVE trial. It's an international multi-center uh, prospective randomized trial to study the effect of continuous positive airway pressure. It's called CPAP treatment for prevention of recurrent cardiovascular disease events. Uh, most of our participants uh, have a moderate to severe obstructive sleep apnea and uh, minimal sleep needs. In the CPAP group, the mean duration of adherent to CPAP therapy is 3.3 per hour per night. And then when we use CPAP, it significantly decreases apnea hypoxia uh, apnea index after uh, the serious follow-up, the primary endpoint that is combined with death from cardiovascular causes, myocardial infection, stroke, or hospitalization for unstable angina, hospital, and the transient ischemic attack had occurred similarly in the, both in the treatment group and in the Facebook group, uh, in the Eurocal group. Uh, the hazard ratio is 1.1, and the p-value is non-significant. 
our results show that although CPAPs significantly reduced the uh, storing and data acidics and like that, it did not prevent cardiovascular events in patients with moderate to severe obstructive sleep apnea and established cardiovascular events. Followed up to over 2,700 patients over a period of several years, um, and what did yeah, you yeah, yeah. find the risk was for stroke? Because we're talking about a cardio trial, really, but I guess yeah. our interest, of course, would be what, what did it relate to for stroke? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we did not find a decreased risk of associated with uh, CPAP treatment with stroke. The hazard ratio is 0.97, which is non-significant. However, when we did a propensity uh, score match analysis, that is, match those those, those uh, adherence to step were very good, it showed that the patient who are uh, who had uh, uh, a good adherence to CPAP had a lower risk of strokes than those in the Eurocal Euro group. The hazard ratio is 0 to 56 uh, for stroke. Uh, P-value is 0 0.05. Uh, when we uh, study the lung-specific composite endpoint cerebral events that include stroke and other like escape, uh, transient ischemic attack, it has a hazard ratio of 1.52 and the p-value is significant. It's 0 0.02. Okay, so what did you find the risk was for cardiac incidents then? What was the value there? Yeah, we did not find a safe duration associated with cardiac incidents in our population. Both short and long sleep is not associated with cardiac events as started population after fully adjustment. Why was there a difference? I guess that's really important, isn't it, for us to know? Uh, maybe one explanation is uh, apparently the differential link that is intermittent hypoxia that is caused by the sleep apnea may impact differently to brains and to the heart in relation to the uh, variable collateral vasculature. It's proven in previous studies that intermittent hypoxia will increase collateral vascular in the heart, but uh, very limited in the brain. Another is that natural biochemical and physiological disturbance may have great uh, adverse effects on several the coronary anesthesia that an increased propensity for stroke in those with obstructive sleep apnea uh, increased. Sleep duration might uh, by itself or from a greater exposure to apnea events promote inflammatory and uh, Anthrocerotic in mediators of extra and intracranial anthrocerosis and, uh, and cerebral small vessel disease and the left ventricular hypertrophy, all of which might further increase the risk of cerebral vascular events. Sleep duration is quite a hot topic recently as people are getting more and more pay attention, more and more to other health, and sleep is quite a big part of it. And uh, we have we have such a good study that we can study this relationship. And uh, uh, in this study, we have uh, we have enough and good quality of data that to investigate this hot topic. So we studied. 
And so when we look at things like sleep duration, I mean, there, it is a really hot topic. You're absolutely right. People are really talking about this at the moment. And it's impact on lots of areas of health, you know, diabetes, CBD, um, et cetera. I guess really, so, yeah. you, so you've, you've made a pathway into this. What do you see the future looking like in sleep research? Yeah, because sleep appear patients may have a different sleep patterns uh, to that is like we said, uh, community-based uh, population uh, in previous studies. These, these patients are disturbed by, uh, by bad sleep. And our data adds to the previous study that uh, sleep duration in this special population with high-risk pre-existing pre cardiovascular events, their lung sleep is associated with this, especially with stroke. That's, that is our study results. And can I ask you, this may seem a bit odd, Xingwei, but how do you sleep yourself? Yeah, I sleep normally. I, after doing this study, I always look at my talk that I want to minimize my risk for cardiovascular and stroke risk. <laughs> yeah. If you enjoy this podcast series, then please help spread the word. Please share with your colleagues and write a review on the streaming service. This will help people find us. You've been listening to a podcast interview with Dr. Jing Wei Li from the George Institute for Global Health. The International Journal of Stroke is the flagship publication of the World Stroke Organization. Please do consider becoming a member of this global body fighting to prevent the global burden of stroke. The World Stroke Organization has been particularly busy during this time of COVID, helping to support connections in the global stroke community through webinars, our online education platform, and the journal, International Journal of Stroke. Being a member of this organization is a part of undermining the global burden of stroke.